Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. He leads away. Australia away. Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Jonathan strikes again. She's on a hat-trick. She comes at Molyneux. Catch is taken by Perry. The Australian women's cricket team win their fifth T20 World Cup title in front of a magical crowd at the MCU. Hello and welcome to The Scoop. We are the cricket podcast dedicated to the women's game. I'm Emily Collin. And I'm Laura Jolly. And joining LJ and I today on The Scoop is Gemma Barsby. So Gemma is an Adelaide Strikers spinner. Uh, she very nicely joined us on game day um, this morning, so the strikers, as we speak now, they're getting set to play the heat, which is a massive clash as we look to build into into finals week. But firstly, LJ, before we get stuck in with Gemma, as we always do, let's reflect on the weekend that was. It was a cracking weekend of WBBL, probably some of the best games we've had all season. Uh, so firstly, what was your favourite performance from the last week? Yeah, genuinely feel so relieved and lucky that we didn't get that rain on Sunday because we had so two of the best games of the season, yeah. um, particularly that Scorcher Sixers one. My best performances of the week was basically a carbon copy of one another. It was Cappy mm. going big on Saturday and then Cappy doing the exact same thing off basically the exact same number of balls, yeah. hitting another 68 on Sunday. How she, good. She was just in a mood. She wants the Scorchers in finals and she is not not mucking about. Yeah, it felt like we've kind of been waiting for her to kind of do what she's been doing all over the world in different domestic comps over the last um, year or so. And she she definitely brought it to Melbourne Junction Oval this weekend. It was, it was really fun to watch. It was. Um, and what was your favourite moment of the weekend? Um, my favourite moment was an innings from Alicia Healy. Probably one of the best T20 knocks I reckon I've witnessed firsthand. Um, we were down there at Junction Oval watching uh, the Sixers take on the Scorchers, which was a match we were both really looking forward to. Both teams would have really wanted to win. Uh, the Sixers obviously coming off a loss against the Scorchers the last time they played. Um, the Scorchers set the Sixers a really big total. Um, so it was a massive chase. And I think we were saying this needs to be, if the Sixers want to chase this down, it needs to be... It's up to Alyssa Healy and Ash Gardner to get the job done. And Alyssa Healy did. She hit 107 not out off... 60-odd balls, I think. 60-odd balls, came down to the final ball. They needed one off one and she smacked one over the rope. And I think my favourite bit was the emotion that we saw um, when, when she won the game for her team. Like She was pumped up, which is just great to see. I think we love seeing that emotion in the WBBL. We love seeing what, a, what getting a win for the Sixers means to Alyssa Healy, one of the best players in the world. So... Yeah, it was it was great to be there. Yeah, that it was awesome and she just paced it beautifully. They needed 12 yeah. and over for so long and she just couldn't get that big 20 run over that she would have liked probably to get down to 
under 10 and over, but she was able to keep pace and just timed it perfectly. Surprise of the week. There's been a few surprises around. LJ, what what were you most surprised by? Um, Not surprised that Annabelle Sutherland is capable of this. We all Mm -hmm. know she can clear the ropes, but... 23 needed off the last over of the Melbourne Derby. It really felt like the Renegades had it under control. Yeah. They had Shabby, had, Ismail had bowled a really good 19th over. The boundaries had really dried up and it just didn't look like the Stars were going to get close to getting home. And then Annabelle Sutherland kind of dished out the exact same treatment that Talia McGrath gave to her in the WNCL a few True. months ago. I didn't think about that. <laughs> hitting, oh. hitting three sixes to get them home. The, the sad part of the surprise, though, was um, Sophie Molyneux going down um, with what hopefully is not as bad as it looked, but it, it looked awful. Yeah. And um, that obviously rattled Annabelle Sutherland. It was, so it was even more incredible that she was able to hit the last six and finish off the game. She was um, you know, obviously upset after the match watching yeah. her good mate get helped off the field and left a bit of a funny mood after the derby. The Stars were obviously stoked to get the win and keep their season alive, but also Soph's their state captain for most of them and they were all really upset and worried for her too. So it was a... A weird one. It was, it was, and it, it's it's such a shame. Like it was obviously, like it was one of the best best knocks we've seen all season from Annabelle Sutherland. Like she was unbelievable. Um, but yeah, definitely felt a bit flat at the end of that end of that match, the end of that derby. I think uh, like the whole Junction Oval, like it was a bit quiet. I mean, everyone down there is probably a Victorian fan. It was just terrible to see um, Sophie Molyneux go down. So. On behalf of the scoop, we send her our very best wishes. We hope that it's not as bad as it looked and we hope that she has a speedy recovery. Um, so, yeah, sending love to Soph. Um, my surprise of the week, I was having a look at the um, the wickets tally, as we often do, and I was moderately surprised to see uh, Nicola Hancock being handed the golden cap at one point this season. Not because I don't think she's capable of it. Obviously, she's she bowls really quick. Um, I think... Jess Jonathan once said she bowls a really heavy ball, which batters sometimes find hard to face. But looking at the looking at the um, the wickets tally, there's a lot of a lot of spinners uh, who are dominating the wickets. But Nicola Hancock's up there, currently in second position on 19 wickets behind Ash Gardner with um, 20 wickets. And the only other pacey in the in the wickets tally is Annabelle Sutherland. So, yeah, well done to to Nicola Hancock. She's dominating for the heat and hope she can keep it going. I was a little bit surprised to see it. Yeah, it's been awesome stuff from Hank the Tank and... Yeah, good to see. Good helping to see. The, uh, the heat stay well in contention for finals. Very much so. And as always, there's a bit happening away from the cricket field in the WBBL, LJ. <laughs> Your favourite moment away from the cricket, I don't really understand, which... Um, I don't know, maybe listeners can (laughs) have a crack at me for, but you tell me what your favourite moment away from the cricket was. Yeah, so I I was a little bit starstruck on Sunday (laughs) at the WBBL um, when we spotted Costa from Gardening Australia in the crowd. And I was mildly surprised that you didn't know Costa because he is a national treasure. He's an absolute icon. Icon? He is. I've obviously been living under a rock because I have no idea who this guy is. The man is a Gold Logie nominee. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's probably on me. Um, and uh, he loves the WBBL. I think so he's got I a personal connection to Sophie Reed. I think, uh, a family friend or something, and he loves the WBBL. So I'm um, stoked to see Costa getting around it. So I guess I'll have to watch a bit of Gardening Australia to <laughs> familiarise myself. It's a very informative show. It, okay. it tells you what you should be planting this week. <laughs> depending on what part of Australia you live in. And, um, yeah, you get a lot out of it. Okay. (laughs) 
I'll, I'll add it to the list. It's very soothing Sunday television. <laughs> yeah, okay, I like that. I always need some soothing Sunday television, so I'll add it to the list. So my favourite moment away from the cricket, it sounds a little bit boring, but I think the fact that it just didn't rain in Melbourne on Saturday or Sunday and we got to have four great matches of cricket down at the Junction Oval, one of our favourite places, I think that that's, um, that's worthy of a mention in this little segment, particularly with the forecast. I feel like... All week, everyone was just saying how bad it's going to be on Sunday because obviously the World Cup final was on, and there was it was actually a beautiful day. There was it was the sun was shining, it was warm, um, and we got as you said earlier, we got to enjoy probably the two best games of cricket for the season. So, I'll take that. I think in a La Nina season with all these washouts yes. we're getting it is a very valid thing to be happy about. And moving on, there's always a lot to talk about uh, as we head into the final couple of rounds, I guess, of WBBL. I mean, I think. We're down to the last week of the regular season, which is crazy. But looking at the looking at the ladder, LJ, it's looking very tight. Yeah, it's just the four points separating the top five. It's going to be crushing for whichever team doesn't make it. Yeah, yeah. And looking at it, it kind of looks like it's going to depend, like on who has the toughest run home. I mean, looking at the Heat, they've got a pretty tough run. They've got to play the Strikers. Uh, tonight and then the Sixers, but then the Hurricanes, it's not so easy, but it's going to be really, really exciting to see how it all plays out. And one of the tough things is they're playing the Stars on back-to-back days. Yeah. And you can get the ladder, ladder and go, the Stars have only had three wins for the year. They've been a bit off the pace. But often with these back-to-back yeah. matches against the same opponent on two days, yeah. generally it's hard for teams to win both of those. Yeah. You often see one team coming up and getting those games. So the Hurricanes certainly wouldn't be counting on just banking two wins against the Stars. Definitely. And particularly like the Stars are coming off a win. Annabelle Sutherland's in great form. Maybe they'll be able to take some of the momentum and they'll they'll be feeling pretty free when they, when they go out in there and play against the Canes. Maybe they'll be able to do something special. And they are still a mathematical chance of getting through, so they've got a lot to play for. And Predictions? If you could, obviously, looking at this top five, one of these teams has to miss out. Who's Who do you think it's going to be? Yeah, it's really tough. Um... I think the strikers might miss out, but then every time I feel like the strikers have dipped mm. a bit, they seem to regain momentum. So, yeah. But, yeah, if I had to pick one, at the moment I'm going to say strikers purely because they've got a very tough run. Who do you think? I think, and I don't like to say this, but I think it might be the Hurricane. As you, I think they, now you've made me think, I think they might drop one of those games to the Stars. Or I think the strikers are going to come good. So I reckon the strikers will beat the Hurricanes and then the Sixers will beat the Hurricanes and that that makes it pretty tough for them. So so that's my predictions. I mean, we were pretty we we're pretty off the mark in our <laughs> pre-season <laughs> predictions. So I guess we'll see how we go here. But yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a cracking finish to the season. We've definitely seen a bit of a divide emerge. I mean, like the top 5, they're 17 points for the Sixers, 14 for the Heat, 13 apiece for Hurricanes, Scorchers and the Strikers, and then the Stars, Thunder and Renegades like a well below, so they've they've been a bit off the pace pace this season. Yeah, even um, obviously there were some really great individual performances in the Melbourne Derby yesterday. Mm. But watching the Scorcher Sixers game before it, and then watching that, it was just two different classes of cricket. Yeah, it, with the standard we were watching, the the Scorchers and Sixers are just a level above, and yep. not sure how the Melbourne clubs will address that. Like yeah. they've got plenty of talented players, they're they just do. not in form. So, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see how. The Renegades can approach their mm. last two games. It's yeah. a bit of a long That'll wait for them from tough. Tuesday to Sunday Skip out of finals. Mm. And 
hopefully they can rally. Um, their coach, Simon Helmet, says they're a very happy team still. They're getting along great. There's no, important. no big issues within the group. So hopefully they can uh, still find a way to enjoy this last week of the season. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, so we've got one week to go. As we know, LJ, what match are you most pumped for? I have to say I always love when the Sixers play the Heat. They're my favourite matchup. Yeah. And I'm Spicy. very stoked to be watching that one, I think, at North Sydney Oval on Wednesday evening. Yep, yep. Um, obviously very important for both teams in terms of finals too. Yep. The Sixers are pretty much locked in but want that home final and the Heat, you know, they can't can't really afford to mess up this week or they could also drop out. So yeah. it's a big one. How about you? I am eyeing off the Strikers versus Hurricanes clash also at North Sydney Oval. I think that, yeah, as we know, they're two teams on the fringe, on the cusp of making finals. So any win from this point up, point in against a fellow finals contender is massive. So I reckon that's going to be another cracking contest. Um, so it should be it should be a great week. I'm really pumped for it. I think we really felt the tournament um, go to another level this weekend um, with the cricket at, at the Junction Oval. So hopefully we see it go up another level again this week. So strap yourselves in. Thank you, as always, for listening to The Scoop. We, we really value you tuning in and we hope you enjoy a fun chat with Gemma Barsby. Gemma Barsby, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, we know it's a game day for you with, for the Strikers, so thanks for joining us on The Scoop today. Firstly, just wanted to, I guess, get to know you a little bit better and um, your life in cricket. So are you able to just sort of tell us a little bit, bit about your, your childhood growing up in um, Queens, Queensland? So we know your dad played cricket for Queensland as well, so assume that was always a pretty big part of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I was um, brought up in a sporting family, so which was a good thing because obviously they they didn't um, have too much pressure on, on me, but would obviously love to get out and play some sport. So um, yeah, it was pretty much cricket in the summer and hockey in the winter. So nice. pretty much did that until, yeah, until I was probably about 17 or so. And then obviously then career got a bit more serious and um, then had to choose one of the sports and yeah, went down the cricket path. So yeah, like I said, I was um, brought up in a sporting family, and there was no pressure to play cricket um, from from the parents. Or like, if you if you like it and and obviously good at it, then go down that path. But we don't care if if you don't choose that path. And when you were like growing up and going through those pathways, was it always a, a dream to end up playing at at the top level? Yeah, so I always just kind of just did it just for I guess like the love of it to start off with, and probably the era that I grew up when I didn't really know like the path mm. for for women's cricket, so I was kind of just playing it just because I enjoyed it I was playing with I was lucky enough to play like the same group of boys pretty much from under sevens to under 17 so I was just loving being around those guys and playing cricket with them and then it kind of got to yeah that stage where I actually saw yeah kind of like pathways to then transition over to women's cricket and um yeah being in and around like that setup and yeah it was kind of just once I got to the like underage tournaments and being able to represent like Queensland at that level that's when I kind of knew this was pretty fun being able to travel around around the country uh playing cricket so yeah I was kind of started to fall in love with it then and um yeah saw I guess the pathway through that. So you made your debut for Queensland in 2010-2011 season as a 15 year old is that right? Yeah I was um wow I was definitely (laughs) very young and yeah very young and inexperienced (laughs) I think it was just I was probably very fortunate or it was just probably at that time where a lot of Queensland players were retiring and and retired and kind of needed to, I guess, fill the void. And yeah, I remember getting flogged that first season. I was 
probably definitely not ready for to be playing at that level, but it was um yeah, it was a definitely a good eye opener and experience for me. Yeah. Do you remember like the day when you sort of got told you were gonna play for Queensland and like how did fifteen year old Gemma respond to that? Yeah, well I was obviously still at school, so I think I remember I went to school like because obviously back then it was you'd play Friday afternoon, Saturday, Sunday. So mum would always make me go to school until lunchtime on Friday and then yep. go and play play cricket <laughs> after that. So I was probably thankful that I had that because I, I was distracted yeah. by school. But, yeah, just coming up against, like, New South Wales, which was pretty much Australia, um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a good um, good initiation, that was for sure. Yeah, so were you, like, pretty focused and driven back then? How did you go handling, like, schoolwork and playing cricket for Queensland? Yeah, well, I'd never really liked school. So it was um, <laughs> when any opportunity came to be able to leave school, I was – took a full van so um <laughs> there was many many of days where I tried to uh convince mum to just l- let me take the Friday off and yeah. not have to go to school but yeah she always made me go but um <laughs> it was it was probably good obviously like you just you got the care well not necessarily the care factor but just like enjoyment and like the pressures of actually performing there you don't yeah. really have it as to what you do that like you do now of um yeah the more experience so it was kind of just going in there with the carefree attitude and just the immature little girl that I was back then. (laughs) So good. And you mentioned before that like there was never any pressure from your parents to play cricket. If you didn't play cricket and hadn't gone down this pathway, what do you reckon you would have ended up doing? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, Probably like I did enjoy playing hockey. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Um, yep. I, probably, I definitely wasn't as good as I was at it, but I just enjoyed doing that. And then from a young age, I've always wanted to run my own cafe. So nice. I potentially could have yeah, gone down that path. But yeah. um, 
yeah, who knows where I would end up really. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> and so the WBBL came along in 2015 and you were one of the Heat's inaugural signings. Take us back to that time. Like how different was the D- the WBBL back then? Yeah, it's so crazy just to see how much it's changed and, yeah, just the landscape of it yeah. from back then to now, it's it's changed quite a lot. And, yeah, I was, I was saying the other day it would be pretty cool to actually, like I should go back and watch like one of the, the games in that season just to – actually just like appreciate how far yeah. we've, we've come over over the time and yeah it was pretty cool we probably were in that unknown stage too of trying to like set this up and hoping it was going to be as big as the men or yeah a success so it was kind of like the unknown and hoping that yeah we could, we were able to produce like good cricket and, and exciting cricket to be able to like bring fans and promote the women's game. So today you play for the Scorpions and the Adelaide Strikers. You also spent um, WBBL 05 and 06 with the Scorchers. Tell us how you sort of um, have landed in Adelaide after spending time in Queensland and Perth as well. Yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been a, well, yeah, I guess I'd say well-travelled now. Um, yeah, I loved the experience of going to um, over to the Scorchers for the two years and, yeah, really thankful that they were, they gave me that opportunity. I was kind of getting a bit stuck at Queensland where um, obviously because I'd been in that setup for yeah. I think it was about eight years while I was there. And, yeah, I was kind of just feel like I was getting a bit stale. I was obviously yeah, in that setup for quite a while. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted something fresh and new and obviously knew the Big Bash goes for that six-week period. So it was a good test to be able to go and experience just a different setup and how they work and operate and, just get that new lease on cricket again mm. and find that passion and that will to get better again. So yeah, I was very thankful for that opportunity and, and loved my time there. Yeah. Perth's very nice. And yeah, then I remember, yeah, then being in that situation and it came to like, yeah, the WNCL type of thing. And I got offered a contract to stay at Queensland, but I just kind of knew that, yeah, I just wanted a change and nothing was like, except for family and friends were like Tami mm. in Brisbane. So I thought yeah. it was, yeah, an awesome opportunity to, to move to SA and yeah they got such a like yeah we had at that time such a um exciting young group that was struggling a little bit but so it was it was a awesome opportunity to be able to come and I guess yeah try and help the young ones out and yeah try and win Ruth Pretty. <laughs> and who's had a, a really big influence on you since moving to the um Scorps? Yeah there's been um quite a few obviously Luke Williams the coach and Jude Coleman the assistant coach obviously I played with her back at Queensland so um oh, yeah. that helped quite a bit to be able to um settle into the group and because she had come the year before so and then to then move with Josie Dooley as well was um trying to have those familiar faces was was quite nice and made it very easy to move and the girls were really welcoming and and great so it was just yeah having that trust and building like the um relationships again and yeah I guess finding my feet in in a different setup. How's life in Adelaide do you enjoy living there? Yeah I really enjoy it except for winters still getting used to different Queensland. Oh, so <laughs> different. Um, yeah, but yeah, I enjoyed it. It's kind of weird going back to Brisbane now because obviously there's so much more like traffic and um, you have to drive so much further and stuff where, yeah, in Adelaide, I'm in a good spot where it's like 15 minutes to the beach. It's like Beautiful. 10, 15 to the city. Like, yeah, it's everything's so close. Yeah, nice. Happy days. And we just wanted to sort of chat about, um, I guess, on that life with the strikers and how it all all goes um firstly Talia McGrath your captain we know she missed a couple of games um when you guys were in Perth but we saw that you had a few of you had like what would Talia do and Talia like you had Talia scribbled on the tape on your wrist you able to um, tell us what was going on there yeah obviously she's born and bred South Australian and she's like the pinnacle with her and shooter of 
of what South Australian women's cricket is. So, yeah. um, yeah, she's a massive influence and part of this group. And we knew, we all knew she was um, hurt and not being able to be in Perth with us. So it was just like a little yeah, memento of knowing that we were thinking of her when she was back being in like, yeah, she said she was in the worst mood and um, the worst person to be around while we're in Perth because oh. yeah, she was obviously stuck back in Adelaide wanting, wanting to be with us. So, um, yeah, it was just kind of just a little memento just to show her that we we're thinking about her and that she was, yeah, obviously still a very big part of this group. What does she bring to the group as a captain? Oh, she's just calm and she's got this presence that um, everyone respects and admires her. And obviously she's had a very big couple of years and to um, it's been awesome just to kind of watch that and, um, yeah. yeah, see her progress and, and cement herself, I guess, in, in the Australian setup. And now what she brings brings to the group, she's just got, yeah, like I said, this presence and everyone's admired by her and just like, yeah, listens to what she has to say. And yeah, out on the field, she's just keeps it calm and um, backs everyone and what they can do. One of the, the players we love watching is Darcy Brown. Um, what's it like playing in a cricket team with Darcy? Yeah, she's, she's a good egg. She's, um, she just like reminds you of just, just to have fun. Like yeah. you can obviously cricket, you can get so caught up in, in everything and the highs and lows and, she just goes out there and just has fun and just still has like absolutely no idea, but she's actually a cricket. She can be a cricket snuff. Like she knows quite, she? quite a lot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but she just, she just brings the fun aspect and it's, it's good to have um, a person like her in the side and yeah, just enjoy being on her side and not having to face her. <laughs> do you remember when you first like met Darcy or first like encountered her or saw, saw a bowl? Like, do you think she, would have had the like last couple of years that she has like getting into the Aussie team and everything. Yeah, it was um yeah, it was awesome. I remember just talking to a few of the girls when I first came and just said like when she was first coming to the setup at Scorps and stuff, she was just mm. the nets were the scariest place to be because she didn't know where she was like bowling the balls. <laughs> And there was a few like beamers and stuff and I was like, oh, great, this is going to be a bit of fun. But obviously the more cricket she's played, the more experience she's had and yeah, and the more she's developing as a cricketer. So yeah, it's pretty awesome to see and just, yeah, just her and going out there and just being herself, which is even like the best part about it. And um, Deandra Dotton's joined the group this season. What does she bring to the team? Yeah, she's, um, she's finally starting to open up a to a few of the girls um obviously yeah. played with her back in the heat a few years ago so I kind of knew her prior but yeah she's starting to open up and yeah she's just a typical West Indian very casual will um try when she wants to and <laughs> so like but she's yeah she's starting to open up and yeah loves a bit of a, the, the banter how does she go in the nets is it a bit scary being in the nets with Deandra so bowling to her is scary, especially when she comes down, like starts to use her feet. I'm pretty much like ducking out of the wave. I'm like, or I'm just bowling it, bowling it short. So she hits it square of the wicket. It's yeah. You always have to be like, yeah, watching when she's in the net because you just could be rocketing back at you with that, like without you even knowing. <laughs> that would be scary. And so the strikers, there's always like a good vibe around the group. There's a lot of big personalities. Looks like everyone loves to have a lot of fun together. What's like, the general vibe around the, the strikers group from your perspective, like, and how does everyone go touring together? Yeah. Like you said, we're just, yeah, we just like to have fun. Obviously um, T20 cricket, it can be such highs and lows and it can go so quick and mm. it's just trying to, yeah, enjoy the time together that you have over this short period of time. Cause it, um, yeah, cause it goes so quick. So yeah. it's just about having fun and, and enjoying it. And then that's where people bring out their best form of cricketers out on the field is when, 
they're relaxed and and having fun in the side. So mm. yeah, we're massive about that. And yeah, and again this year. And and what do you like to do to take your mind off cricket when you get a day off? Typically, I haven't much this this season, but um, I would typically like work just like one or two days a week, just oh. something casual, just to yeah, I guess completely get away from cricket and yeah, serve some coffees and stuff like that. But this season, it's mainly just been going like trying to get to the beach as much as possible and just yeah, unwind there or uh yeah, go get coffee somewhere and just chill out a bit. But yeah, usually it's working and because a lot of people wouldn't know who I am at at that at work so yeah, it's kind of just yeah. being a normal person there and distracting myself from the cricket side of things nice so do you have it like is that a cafe job that you've got back in Adelaide yeah yeah so they're yeah they're very very understand I don't think I've worked in about two months just because of how busy WBBL yeah. is and yeah they're they're fully supportive which is nice nice so you're on the tools yeah 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 <laughs> that I do do teammates hit you up and ask you to make them coffees Surely. Yeah, a few, few have come in, but um, it's kind of the, the place I'm at now is kind of like a bakery as well. So they more hit me up for all the sweets and <laughs> stuff as well. So it's it's pretty dangerous. <laughs> nice. Oh, very good. And just moving on, I guess, to your own form, you've had a, a cracking cracking season so far. I think you picked up 12 wickets. How are you feeling about your own, your own bowling? Yeah, it's nice to... Um, be contributing obviously last year I was in and out of the side and that was a big thing coming into this season was just trying to yeah first get that opportunity in the side and then making the most of it and um yeah trying to cement my spot so yeah it's been nice to kind of like repay the faith to Luke and the coaching staff of giving me the first crack in the side in Mackay and um to me now be able to be contributing yeah quite consistent like consistently this season's been quite nice and yeah hopefully it can continue for the last few games and hopefully we can make the finals and then yeah anything happen can happen like it did last year. I've always known you you've been able to bowl with your left arm as well as your right um I feel like we've seen it a bit more frequently this season and picked up the big wicket of Ella's capsie with it um can you talk us through it have you always been able to do that? Yeah so I remember um I first discovered it in back in backyard cricket uh, against my brother, I could never get him out. So I'd always go into mum and dad like crying and be like, he's not letting me bad. I can't get him out. So <laughs> I remember, yeah, just one day, I don't know what came across me, but thought I'd, um, yeah, bowl with my other arm and dad was out on the balcony and saw me do it. And he was kind of like, did you just bowl with the other arm? And I was like, yeah, he's like, do it again. So I kind of knew from like a young age, I was able to do it, but I got a lot of like criticism from coaches growing up. So I kind of put it away for a few years and then it wasn't until yeah, one of the five coaches that I had, yeah, kind of backed me to do it. He said, I trust you to, yeah, like I back you to do it. We want you to work on it. It's, it's an amazing skill. And um, yeah, so I started to redo it there and then coming across to the Scorps and the Strikers, Luke and Jude and the coaching staff have been massive supporters of me doing it. So this has probably yeah been the first like proper like the off, like pre-season that I've really mm. worked on it quite a lot. And yeah, it's coming out not too bad at the stage. It's still pretty inconsistent, but um, it's just now being brave to um, bowl it in the games and again, yeah, backing myself that I can do it. Yeah. So talk us through the process that leads you to bowl with your left arm. Like, do you have to like be feeling really confident? Like what sort of situation do you want to pull it out in? Yeah. So we kind of discuss it in our, our preview meetings of, um, kind of match up so we go through all the batters and see what their weaknesses are and um and like kind of goes off like yeah the situation of the game as well so there's kind of a couple of factors that come into play and then obviously then it's just yeah that when I'm out there it's talking with um Talia or or Shooter on when to do it and 
they've they've both been um, very supportive. Like, yeah, we want you to bowl it now, or something. Or I'm like, I'm thinking of bowling it now. They're like, yeah, absolutely, um, yeah. type thing. So then it just comes on on me to back myself and be brave and um, and just do it. It's a bit of extra satisfaction when you do if you do pick up a wicket with your left arm. Yeah, I'll just. Um, yeah, it was kind of weird. I, I remember the, the Alice Capsie one and the first time I bowled, I was actually yeah, quite stoked with it. And the, um, but I was very nervous because obviously there's, yeah, a lot of people know I can do it, but like, yeah, um, and I hadn't been doing it previously. So it was kind of like that, yeah, new people were talking about it. So I was like, I just want to be able to sh- show that. And I heard her say, um, oh, it's actually skidding through. So the next one I thought I'd slow it up a bit. And um, yeah, thankfully, yeah, got a wicket and kind of, yeah, took that, pressure and ease off me a bit after that yeah what is the reaction like from the batters out there when you do change it up and I guess you have to tell them and the umpires when you're switching it up yeah yeah it's a batter's game so you got to help them out as much as possible <laughs> so um yeah unfortunately you gotta you gotta tell tell the umpire so Annoying. yeah I try yeah yeah that it is so um <laughs> yeah the batters yeah you can kind of tell the batters just kind of be like yep she's doing it now especially when I was kind of not doing it as much so like okay like you can kind of just see them like their thought process coming mm. on and be like okay other hand what's it going to be doing type thing but I guess that's going to be the next challenge for me the more I do it now is they're going to know what to expect so that'll be the next challenge for me now is to keep getting it better and um, ways to I guess keep um, getting on top of the batters. And we've seen the, the spinners as sort of dominating the wickets tally this season who do you think are the best spinners in the comp? Yeah spinners for the win um, <laughs> yeah it's kind of it ebbs and flows obviously at the probably at the start of the the big bash like 01 and stuff we saw spin dominate there and then obviously the batters went away and worked on spin and we saw then the pace pace has come back in and now the spinners are back on top and I think yeah obviously the likes of like Ash Gardner is very good mm. at the moment she gets a lot of rev on the ball and a lot of drops so she's making it hard for hard for the batters and obviously Molly Strano is always up there yeah just a little out swingers uh seem to <laughs> still fool people and yeah she's a high cost high class bowler and yeah there's definitely a lot of um a lot of good spinners out there and yeah it's nice to see us dominating yeah very good and so we're very much at the a bit the business end of WBBL 08 right now so and the strikers are in a pretty interesting position at the moment you know we know you guys have got a game this afternoon after a washout yesterday how's everyone feeling um as we push towards the finals yeah it's um it's exciting obviously we hope that we get on this afternoon we have to mm. prepare to play and prepare for um, different scenarios. It could be, yeah, we could potentially get the whole game in. It could be reduced overs or it could be 5-5. Five, five. So it's just, yeah, preparing for everything. And we kind of know as a group that we haven't probably performed the way mm-hmm. we would have liked this season. So, and we know the best is yet to come. So it's kind of yeah. just continuing to back each other and knowing that um, it just takes that one one opportunity for us to to click and to get all three facets together. And yeah, hopefully we can do that over the next couple of games and and make the um, make the final series, and yeah, then anything can happen in that situation. Yeah, really big games coming up with the the heat and the hurricanes. What's the message from Luke being as you guys head into this this period? Yeah, absolutely, they're massive games, and and if we win them, we then we deserve to be in the top four, and if we don't, then we don't deserve to be yeah. there. So. He's just um he's just reassuring that like he knows we're a good side and that we've just got to keep being brave and and backing backing what we can do and he believes in all of us. So it's just going out there and making sure that we believe in each other and um that we go out there and have some fun and enjoy 
enjoy it because yeah, if we don't, then we know what the consequences. Oh, very good. Thank you, Gemma, for joining us on the scoop this, this morning. It was great to chat to you. Great to hear all about, um, yeah, growing up in Queensland and how you've landed in South Australia. And yeah, we, we wish you and the strikers all the best this afternoon and we pray the rain stays away. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.